Hello everyone, and welcome to the final episode of Tabletop Garden, The Great Molasses Flood. It has been a journey, and thank you so much for taking it with us. I'm really proud of the work we've done here. I think this is a great conclusion, and definitely stick around after the story finishes, because we do a real good uh, run-through of our steps for closing out a session of Rosette Diceless that are included in the book, and it serves as, I think, a really good um, player postmortem. And if you are listening to this on the main feed and not the Patreon feed, which gets things a week early, right now there should be, fingers crossed, a postmortem by me out. Uh, it's going to be, I have to say, at least an hour. I'm planning on running through my initial inspirations for the campaign. I'm going to go through actual uh, statistics for the various adversaries and extras and experts that were used, uh, talk about how I think it went. I like the way it went for Ego Driver. I think that you'll like the way it goes for Great Molasses Flood. So you can check that out at patreon.com slash Gregory Avery Weir, G-R-E-G-O-R-Y-A-V-E-R-Y-W-E-I-R. There's a link in the show notes. I would really appreciate your support, and I would appreciate you sharing this around. A finale is a good time to be like, hey, there's a whole thing of this thing. It's not too long. Check it out. And in other news, let's see. I think we mentioned at the end of this episode that the Rosette Diceless Companion should be out. That was over-optimistic. Uh, we have sent off proofs to the printers. So what that means is that Rosette Diceless Companion, the the supplemental book for Rosette Diceless with extra options and so on is it's done. We've done, we've done it. We finished everything, but we need to make sure to get back books um, to make sure it prints okay, that there's nothing weird that happened in that translation process, and then we'll be able to put it on sale. So my hope is that, you know, within a month after this comes out to everyone, uh, that that will be available. So you can keep up with that at rosetterpg.com or by following Future Proof Games on Twitter at Play Future Proof. Finally, if you are wondering what we are doing next on Tabletop Garden, uh, it's a really cool campaign. I'm excited about it, and uh, it's we've recorded much of it. We're not done recording yet, but uh, it will start coming out. We will see how that goes, but. You should get a preview in the main feed, let's see, two weeks after this goes. So a week after this comes on the main feed, you'll see a bookkeeping post where I remind everyone that the postmortem is available and so on. And then a week after that, I'm pretty sure I'll have the preview for the next campaign. And it should be super exciting. So with all that out of the way, thank you very much for listening this far and... I now present the conclusion of Tabletop Garden, The Great Molasses Flood. So here's the situation. You're all currently on the north end of Boston. You're under the shadow of this huge molasses tank. You have organized some people. You've talked to dock workers and have organized them to, um, to do a strike on the weekend when you're expecting the big molasses tanker to come into town that would finish filling the tank to its maximum volume capacity, which you think was is partly responsible for the for the disaster. Uh, you've discovered that basically the, the tank itself is not built particularly well, and that probably, from what you can tell, what happened is that just the pressure and weight of the molasses within, combined with some environmental factors that you're not entirely clear on, would have caused it to burst. So you're kind of, you've got this primary plan of causing a strike. Lorenzo has also revealed that his brother is a saboteur, an anarchist, and has arranged, um, made the arrangements, this, the sabotage hasn't happened yet, but has convinced his brother to sabotage the outflow of the tank so that the tank they cannot stop the tank from leaking into the harbor and so that that even if they do manage to fill it it won't be able to to hold molasses until until they do extensive repairs uh lorenzo and sam 
are currently behind the block and tackle bar, uh, just kind of under the shadow of that stained glass window that was brought over from from a, a historic pub in in Dublin, and Harmony is currently standing off against a cut up man, the the one presumably the one that has been going by the name Ronald Reagan, and he has already like violently swung at her with just like a hand chop that seemed to like part the air between them and she managed to do a very cool dodge out of the way of that anything that i left out of the situation there's increased police presence um there's there are guards there are pinkertons things are things are pretty tense here politically and and kind of in the relationship between authority and the folks who work and live here so Sam, you're behind the bar. You're within earshot of Harmony. Um, she hasn't like called out. You're not aware of her situation yet, but you could be. Uh, the investigation is real close to being completed, so you're you're very close to achieving your goal of stopping the cut-up men's plan. But I think I'm going to say, if you do so, and the cut-up man himself is still like on the board, still has still not been incapacitated, mm-hmm. uh, then. He will stick around after the conflict is done, and you'll have to deal with with that in some way. It'll probably be looser. I don't think we'll be doing it in forms of attacks, but... Why only Lucy? Why not everybody? What do you mean? You said uh, it'll probably be Lucy, but not in the form of attacks? Looser. Like, not in combat rounds. Not in conflict (laughs) rounds. (laughs) Okay. Congratulations on studying the Boston accent. Apparently, they do put R's in in different places like that, so that's entirely. <laughs> okay, you're good. You're back to good. <laughs> so, so Sam, you're up, uh, and essentially, I think that y'all, if y'all want to chat a little bit, OSC to figure out what the best approach is, you can go straight for the the investigation. Its afflictions are. Uh, networked in the in the sense of like you've got an information network unstable in the sense of like politically unstable and it has been sabotaged but if you go for the investigation and if you take it out this this turn you're on your turn then the cut-up man will still be around and threatening harmony do do you Mm. want me to somehow alert you to the presence of the cut-up man because yeah I, i could definitely say something loudly about trickle-down economics. <laughs> <laughs> Which don't exist yet. Um. <laughs> I could say something prescient. Yes. <laughs> about- <laughs> uh, yes, please alert me in whatever fashion you wish to. <laughs> so the last thing is a metaphor, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> So this strange paper man is like standing off with you still like is has just just taken a swing at you and you've just dodged out of the way. I'll say hey Sam Lorenzo, I don't know if you're in hearing range, but I've got an alliterative friend. Alliterative friend. All right. That's a poetry reference. You should get that, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Thank you. Um, hmm. Okay. How far away are they? A block. You could you could be there real quick. It's kind of around the bar and then down the road a bit. Okay. Um, and you could come. You could basically come down the road. That's the the, the frontage road to a lot of these smaller industrial buildings and, mm-hmm. and shops. Or you could go around the back, like the playground side, because uh, she's in an alley. All right. Huh. I have multitasker. I could do a split attack. <laughs> you could. Take care of this whole sitch. All right. So. It's a real good trait. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't. I'm not in the practice of thinking to do split attacks. And so um, it's it has been less useful in this particular mini campaign as it as it could have been. Thinking about how to do something like a physical attack without a resource. I'm accustomed to using a weapon or something, right? Like that has, Mm -hmm. that provides an edge. I could just 
pick something up, make an attack, and just not get an edge from that, right? I'd boost using something else, and then sure, like, yeah. just okay. And you can um, also you can also gain an edge in that circumstance from something that's not a weapon, right? Like, I use you know, drama, or something or... gave you the element of surprise, or something. Yeah, um, you could you could use a resource that wasn't a physical object too. Oh, okay, okay. So, um, so this is the this is the bar that the first part of the story came from where i stood in a similar location and we lost that fight i'm not going to do any set anything terrible to this beautiful window here but i do want to grab something um i've never hung out in the backs of bars but i assume there's some sort of dowel or like some sort of thing i could use to hit someone sure yeah i mean there could you could there could be boards from from crates there could be uh, i mean there could be a crowbar there could be an old pipe yeah they'll pick up something metallic i don't know that we want to get too graphic on that um i'll grab a crowbar and then haul ass down the street um all right towards where where harmony is so you turn the corner and you see her facing off against this man um again he his suit is made of newsprint and is a little weird and out of place. Like, he probably seems like he's dressed almost like a dandy, in the sense that, like, he's out of character. He's wearing clothing from a few years from now. Mm-hmm. So he just looks a little weird, uh, and his face is, like, paper mache that's moving like flesh. And you can see that he is sort of standing in front of this brick wall that has this this collage on it that, that has a hole in it, the shape of him. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, uh... So it'd be cool if it, or this would be, hmm, this would be neat if it weren't uh, about to cause a lot of trouble. Watch out. He's ripped. <laughs> you are in fine form today. <laughs> um, okay. Can I do a useful split attack here? Keep in mind, if you do a split attack and they block your edge, then they're not hit at all by the attack. Oh. Okay. Okay. I will just go against the cut-up person then. Okay. So, I think I'm gonna do kind of a... Instead of squaring off and, you know, taking a more formal approach to a fight... I'm just gonna fight dirty like i'm just gonna keep mo- like i'm gonna run in like i will have not stopped running <laughs> okay. um there's no no hesitation no like oh hey let's talk it out uh just like full-on bull rush with a crowbar so i don't know what in the world i'm going to boost this with um maybe my tie with harmony sure since this is sort of a protective matter this is not poetic necessarily but it definitely I can recite some poetry if it will motivate <laughs> you <laughs> I mean, I think just the, your relationship is, is sufficient justification. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'll get an edge. I mean, this might count as drama. This is... I think so. Yeah, coming and running. Yeah, from around the corner, um, which makes this a body attack of six with an edge. All right. Are you... Is this versus vigor? Because it's physical, mm. is it versus wits because you're coming in fast? Probably vigor. Okay. Yeah, probably vigor. Hmm. Or nerve. You can kind of get scared because <laughs> I, I don't. Nerve. I feel like is less. Even that your end goal is to whack him, as opposed to um, just yeah, yeah, shake him. Yeah. <laughs> so he's so his two skills that he has left are recuperation and anti paradoxical. Hmm. Uh, I do not see a way. I could really stretch recuperation and have it be like, you know, yes, you hitting me was what I wanted all along. <laughs> but I don't think that actually works. So you're running up and he is going to use his resource of prescience. Mm. And you're like, you're like, I'm going to catch him by surprise. But he just like turns as if he's expecting you. Mm-hmm. But it's still not enough to keep your crowbar from just like hitting him in the face. Yeah, and he he just tears. He just tears like like he's made out of paper, paper mache and paper. Holy shit! Yeah, you just open up this big rip down the front of him, and he 
just falls to the ground like an empty cicada cocoon. That's gotta hurt and... when I hit the ground right afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, I mean, you probably were, were braced for, for striking in, you know, yeah. for the impact. But instead, you, I don't know, do you do you fall down or do you just like run past or how, how does that look? Uh, I don't know that I want, I, I think, like, Sam is physically coordinated in many ways uh do not include bull rushing people gracefully <laughs> so i think i think he he stumbles uh and and skins a knee or something like it's not a it's not a graceful exit out of that maneuver <laughs> oh sam be careful there's a wall there <laughs> oh shit thanks thanks oh uh, i'm definitely too old for this i mean you looked really fierce coming around that corner oh i'm glad you were on my team well thank you thanks that's uh thanks these old bones can still do it yeah i'm definitely more of a poet than i am a a fighter of history or future or anything i mean you you did all right you held your own and as you're kind of standing there chatting over this this torn man on the ground um the wind picks up a little bit and it's it's cold right it's it was warm um on the 15th but it's still just freezing here so this cold wind comes through and like bits and corners of the newsprint on his suit get picked up and uh and pulled at by the wind and start to peel free and then you hear um no there wouldn't be a plane would there because it's 1919. You think a commercial plane? Yeah, I was thinking like a like a plane dropping leaflets, but instead I think you hear like a kid's voice shouting and saying, "Do what's best for you. You got to know which side your bread's buttered on." Um, and shouting things like that, kind of which walks past the alley, not even noticing you, holding up pieces of paper, um, like a big stack of paper. And this is not mimeograph paper. This has been professionally printed. Um, and he's occasionally just like tossing pieces of paper into the wind and letting them carry. He's like handing it to people. He's stuffing it in letter boxes. And you, the three of you, can see a few other kids around too. Um, some of them are yelling in very heavy Italian accents. Um, some of them are clearly from from a few neighborhoods over. But they're all passing out these pamphlets that are when when one blows by you, you can see they're just like classic anti-union pro-capitalist pro-work talking about how you need to keep things going we stuck together for the war we need to stick together for the recovery companies like purity distilling are going to take us forward into the into the next decade the 20s are going to be great we're going to have a, a golden age and an age of prosperity that's going to last through the century and this is a I think this is a direct attack. This is a nerve attack from the investigation using the labor oppression skill to boost. Ooh, I don't like that. And with an edge of propaganda. So this is definitely mind-based. It's not particularly charming. Um, so this is a six against each of your nerves. And I am targeting Sam's fatalistic and Harmony's doomed. Shit. Oh, no. I think those are both cases where you could easily be discouraged or put off by just this. This is a clear display of, like, we've got money. We've got more control over the situation than y'all's organizing. You know, just the added eye, like, this adds risk to 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 the fact of sabotage. So when you do that, that means I have to take the box of stress, right? Like, I can't can, block the edge. If you've got a slot left for, of affliction, you could take affliction. But yes, you'll you'll take one stress total that you'll have to deal with that's coming at you. Um, because when I target afflictions, you it automatically hits you. Okay. That affliction is now crossed off, but it still occupies a slot on your sheet. Yep. So the, the one of the big, the big decision to make is Lorenzo, because you've still got... You still have a chance to block this. It's a six against your nerve. Okay. So, given where we are with things, um, I believe that the adversary is down to one box. Is that right? Yep. Yeah, one box left. Okay. And a lot of afflictions. So, I think I can use a resource probably to uh, to, to to bring in one of my uh, 
one of my other stats here to up my to up my nerve. If you sacrifice the resource, it'll let you boost, yeah, and otherwise it could let you block the edge. All right. So I think what I yeah I think what I'm going to go ahead and do then is uh, I may as well uh, since this is the time to use this. Um, I have a uh, a resource of a favor from a city official. Um, okay. A favor from a city official. So I uh, I think this is where I'm going to go ahead and burn the resource. And uh, I I have no idea who this city official is. We never figured it out. <laughs> we never took the time to figure it out. But apparently, I helped save somebody that was important uh, to uh, to them at some point. Maybe maybe I just happen to know somebody. It's kind of you. In, in the you city. brought the mayor's nephew out yeah. of a burning building. Yeah, something like that. So it could could be easy like that. So I'm going to. Uh, I think what I'm going to do is I just sort of I take a look at this. And I'm like, okay, that's enough. And uh, I, I'm going to, uh, I, I'm going to just basically go, just turn around, go into the firehouse, go to the phone, um, and uh, and call in and just essentially ask that they uh, they they kill this this leaflet campaign because it is uh, it you're putting all they're papering the dock right now and it is a fire hazard and I would very much appreciate it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> If we not burst into flames anytime soon. <laughs> this is definitely a sacrifice of that resource, right? Because it's not like, oh, remember this thing I did? It's now like, I'm the heroic firefighter that saved your nephew, and I'm telling you to turn down business and money making for the city of Boston? Yeah. Come on. Um, but yeah. uh, the mayor's like, fine, fine. I'll call the marshal. Well, even before you get the call from him, you're all welcome to clean those up and to, and to stop it you know be, be nice to the kids let them try on hats or something oh sure absolutely we can do make, make sure this doesn't become a story no certainly thank and thank you i appreciate it it's just just puts me at ease and you uh you're able to to get the like not all the people in the firehouse or think understand why you think this is important but they're like oh well you know the mayor says so i guess i guess so um, and and you're able to kind of go around and be collecting these these pamphlets and and like a lot of them are laughing at what's on them right because this this sort of propaganda even if it's effective is never particularly genuine feeling and and so you're you're minimizing the damage by this campaign and so that boosts my nerve to seven excellent so you take no stress you do take wear harmony and Sam what's what's your situation uh I think for harmony because um you targeted her feeling of being doomed mm -hmm. she just is very angry and upset and just basically like draws mustaches on all the flyers <laughs> um the, the big you know. picture of arthur gel on there being like oh, i'm mm -hmm. a good capitalist yeah, she's she's drawing devil horns and 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 mustaches on those pictures in a fit of peak. Okay, so is that in an unproductive fit of peak? And you're just taking the stress then. Yeah, I did. I took it. And Sam, I've been struggling over what what the word or label for the affliction is that I want, and I want to have that kind of like the class solidarity that ends up being pro-capitalist that's like well yeah we do need to stick together in the war like screw these big companies but also how else are we going to get through right we have to stick together mm. and so i was thinking of like this is this is bad but like star bangled or like <laughs> something that's like a post-war sort of like <laughs> thing camaraderie Just take or something. the affliction nationalist Ooh. Double thunked, populist. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. I <laughs> double thunked. Populist um, rage. <laughs> populist rage. Populist. I think I'll go with populist. Okay. Populist impotence. Ooh, that's good. Okay, I'm going with that. <laughs> so you're just kind of standing here, seething, watching this as like firemen are scrambling about collecting pamphlets up. Yeah, I'm like, I'm torn where like, my idealism is in conflict with, with the practicalities of like, seeing the people around me, like, 
you know, folks here do have to get through it, but also this is wrong. So just, just, yeah, just that, just life. <laughs> Patty Driscoll walks into the alley where, where you're still standing here seething, kind of gives you an idle nod, not really seeing you and kind of looks down at the, the husk of the cut up man and, and says, uh, huh, was some kid making a toy or something and just like starts balling it up and into this big wad of paper and carrying it off i'll help in part to keep it from mm. all ending up back in one wad <laughs> just in case okay <laughs> just in case it reforms <laughs> reform. yeah i'll take a leg uh <laughs> all right in front of the torso all right and harmony you're going around painting mustaches and and things on the pamphlets that have survived or have managed to get pasted up and it is your action the investigation Ooh. is nearly complete you still have afflictions and they are timelined networked and sabotaged uh timelined has gotten hit uh oh, okay. but there is unstable left oh okay like politically unstable okay i think once harmony has been able to um draw a, a sufficient number of devil horns <laughs> where um she feels through she's worked through uh her emotions she's not feeling doomed anymore so that's great news <laughs> um so she decides to um call Jack Tully the lawyer uh who owes her a favor all right and say that maybe a um firmly worded letter threatening some sort of vague legal action over children being endangered by molasses um would go a long way toward uh like stabilizing this situation I, although i just said the word yeah stabilizing cuz i um i'm targeting politically unstable there okay. and i think this is a mind attack and i think i do not need to boost it since i'm targeting your affliction is that right yep yep that's correct <laughs> And I am using the edge of um, my favor with Jack Tully. All right. Uh, so what is, what sort of, so he says, I mean, you understand Harmony. We can't, or would he call you Harmony or would he call you Miss? Right. Miss Wright? Mm -hmm. Probably Miss Wright. Sure. Miss Wright. He says, uh, you, you understand Miss Wright that we need, we need to be, it means to be on behalf of someone with, with, withstanding like i don't know that you can are, are you wanting are you you taking case as a resident here or well i mean i am a resident here all right so it's on behalf of the residents of the of the area or what what and what... you don't need to you know spread it around but i mean i am a property owner I don't. I don't understand why you're you're. You never want us to talk about that, but uh, <laughs> I mean, that certainly is relevant. What? But what do you want them to do? I want them to. I want them to do a complete safety inspection of the molasses canister vat silo and refurbish it. All right. Well, uh, tell you what, I will put that together. Uh, I can probably have it over to them tomorrow or so. Why not today, Jack? I mean, I suppose I can rush it if you think it's that important. I think it's that important, Jack. What's are things really that uh, that bad down there? Things are dire, and you won't believe this, but someone is spreading flyers around encouraging workers not to strike even though they deserve equal compensation and fair working hours and wages well, whatever you say miss wright uh i'll i'll have that uh I'll have that put together and, and sent over to their offices and get them to we'll see if we can get them to to budge great that sounds perfect 
And that deals the final point of stress to the investigation. So I think as 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 firemen are are wandering around collecting collecting flyers and like giving lollipops to kids who are who are like yelling at them about how they were going to be paid <laughs> 10 cents for this job um <laughs> and there is still rumblings on the dock um you all still can't throw this feeling that you felt before that like this isn't the way that things were supposed to go like something about this situation is just not the correct path not the path that was going to happen just mm. a week ago in a in a bad way hmm? okay up to you whether you think that's bad or not but it's definitely something isn't on its proper course and at this point just you don't know how things could turn out so you have achieved your goal of stopping the cut up men's plan what happens next <laughs> you're you're in a situation that is i think is kind of unmoored from history i don't think the the tank gets filled i think that so does the strike happen what do you think I'm pro-strike. So. Yeah, yeah, I'd like for it to. <laughs> All right. I think it's relatively small and sort of organized fast, so I don't see this being like a really long-term thing, mm-hmm. but presumably they can get some... Cons- like, this is this is an era in which this sort of strike happens and gets concessions, especially if it's in a in a city like this. Um, does the, the... The sabotage probably goes off, right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess the order of operations is the question is, does the refurbishment happen and does that take uh, take us past the uh, the time of the of the flood? Or is it a thing where it's like the sabotage happens and then that helps give the people doing the refurbishment a, a, a thing that will make it take longer? Or do they finish the refurbishment early or, or before the flood and then and then right then that's the sabotage and then they, <laughs> they've got to go back and do it again? Um, any number of possibilities there. <laughs> I think it could be that the sabotage happens, like, I get, we can talk about where that sits during, before, during, or after the strike, but with the sabotage, that sort of gives the refurbishment an excuse for them to go, oh, this tank needs more work. Yeah. Right? Because there had been inspections and repairs and so on that, where people could tell that stuff was wrong. Yeah. But with the sabotage, they can be like, well, since we have to swap it out anyway... We can now admit that this tank needs work or needs to get torn down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think a lot of the political situation, the the political outcome of the strike, will have a heavy influence on like does this does the sabotage happen and then the strike? Does it happen during the strike or does it happen afterward? Mm. In terms of like public public attitude towards the strike is going to shift a lot depending on yeah. what order that happens in. I think to an extent that actually is going to end up falling to harmony because Lorenzo is just going to like, can you get this message to Sal? Mm. So the timing is going to fall down to uh, whenever Sal decides to do it, I guess. (laughs) Well, Harmony wants to organize things in the way that will best help the laborers and will help them achieve their goals. So... I think that would probably be strike, then concessions, then sabotage, or... Or if you wanted to be kind of uh, manipulative about it, you could frame the sabotage as something that was an additional danger to the workers. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we do. That's exactly what we do. So we use it for more leverage for the workers. Mm Mm-hmm. I love it. All right. Then I think that, that the the big visual that persists of this time is not this this ruined neighborhood coated in molasses, but it's the the shot of this molasses pouring out of an industrial plant that was insufficiently protected, insufficiently maintained, and staining the Boston Harbor brown, just like it had been stained brown hundreds of years ago as there's a strike on the dock of these workers 
trying to, to fight for their rights and fight for better conditions. I like it. Hey, Lorenzo. Hang on, let me reboot my character brain. Hold on. <laughs> I thought the credits were rolling. Hang on, I have to come back. <laughs> okay. It's shawarma time, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what's up? Yeah, I mean, Sal said um, that he'd be interested in meeting up if you're interested. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know, especially after something like this, but You know, he was he was there for you when you needed him. It was an extreme circumstance. But extreme times call for extreme people. Yeah. Maybe it's time. Come on by the house. We'll uh we'll turn the kettle on. And you two can chat. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think I'd like that. Oh, yay. Yay. <laughs> do we want to do like one last shot or, or a very short scene for each character playing over the credits? Sure. Okay. This can be immediately afterwards, years and years later. Oh. Huh. Let me do a bit of research to determine a date for something okay. just to make sure and then and because i think i have a scene i think i have one too but i'm still like oh, i just need a minute okay all right i'll go i think lorenzo does basically go and covertly will go and see his brother and they will have a long conversation it will spread sometimes into an argument but eventually i think that is the start of what will, in time, within, say, about a decade or so, lead to a point where, when maybe their parents are older, and uh, maybe one of them's not doing quite so well as much, Salvatore will finally show up at the door, and Lorenzo will welcome him in. And, and I think that's all we see of that. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Harmony is going to call a meeting of everybody who lives at the house, essentially. And this is maybe within a week or two after the events of this story and say, listen, everybody, I know this is going to be hard for you to hear, but in light of some things that I've learned about the flow of history and time, and the dangers that face us as a community. I just want you all to know. Um, it's dinner time. I'm rich. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I haven't told you the truth all this time. I hope that you'll give me the opportunity to make it right. I... I want to put the names of anybody who wants to be on the deed for this house on the deed. Like, I'm just going to, like, here's all of my money. And she'll just start stacking it on the table. Do with it what you will. You know, no, no rich person can pass into the kingdom of heaven. So I figured it's time for me to get my life right. <laughs> And that'll be that for Harmony. <laughs> so I think, Sam, this will be just a couple days. This is as his ship is getting ready to head back out. His leave is pretty much up. And he'll be back at that cemetery up on the hill with a couple of other uh, sailors from the ship. And they'll be kind of looking over the, the harbor. And, and Sam will say, like, you see that... Uh, that big old tank here and and all uh all the stuff that's that's been going on the last few days and they're like, you know, yeah, it was weird. That was kind of put a put a damper on the party time. And he's like, Well, that was uh it was weird stuff. I think I did I think I did good work. When uh we get back on the ship, you better uh have a bottle of something and I'll tell you the story once we're once we're away from the coast. 
And uh, they're like, what are you talking about, man? Like, just some tank full of sugar water or whatever. He's like, no, no, no. Give me a couple drinks and uh, I'll tell you a, a tale the likes of which you have never heard. And they're like, all right, man. They uh, they go down the hill and and board the ship. And I think that Sam kind of keeps this cycle he's had of being on the ship most of the time, coming off, hanging out with, um, hanging out with Lorenzo, a little bit of time with Harmony, like this sort of like comfortable life cycle until, until the ship disappears. In 1925, the SS Cotopahi goes missing and is not heard from again. The wreckage is found decades later. And just like a, a normal cargo run, but that is that is his life for those next few years of just like companionship and you know the mixture of a of a job that hates you and a job you love, um, and the freedom of of being away from the problems on the coast. There's no strikes on ships, like <laughs> well, you know, not that sort. Um, and uh, and I think he's all right. I think he's all right. I think probably there are at least some people who've heard his stories over the years who still tell each other that based on what what happened in 1919 there's no way that he ended up in that wreckage oh yeah no way of course <laughs> that man from the future must have taken him away just at the last moment when was ronald reagan president 1980 <laughs> The wreck was discovered in the 80s. <laughs> Surely not during Ronald Reagan's presidency, but it is entertaining. I mean, he was in he a was bunch of movies before that. So the there's... Governor and so on. Yeah. But who knows in this, in this yeah. world? Right. <laughs> in this timeline, he never met Bonzo. <laughs> Bonzo? Bonzo is a chimpanzee, I believe. It's an old movie. Yeah. I haven't actually oh. seen it. But, uh, oh, it's called this... Bedtime with Bonzo. Yeah, Bedtime for Bonzo. <laughs> Bonzo. Bedtime for Bonzo. Yeah. Well, thank you all very much for playing The Great Molasses Flood. Thank you for Thank you it. for <laughs> running a great story. Yes. Thank you. So, shall we chat about how we think it went? Happy to... to chat about any questions you have about the campaign let me let me say to start um it was very interesting to see where this went because this is definitely the example of a campaign that diverged heavily i i have in my notes that it's almost impossible for you to stop this disaster from happening really ashley's role in recruiting you was to stop this from getting reframed as this just weird disaster because in in the real world this was there was a whole trial over it it was the the um the corporate malfeasance was exposed and this is like kind of a landmark case for like corporations being held responsible for the consequences that their cost cutting has on on the community around them and so the cut up men were suppressing that part but y'all figured out ways to to stop the disaster at all so you've broken history Yay, we've destroyed the space-time continuum. <laughs> I'm curious to read the book you read now. Yeah, I'd highly recommend it. It is. I put off reading it because you suggested not being too smart. Yeah, Dark Tide, The Great Boston Molasses Flood of 1919 by Stephen Paleo. I will say that I wish that it had more women with names in it. I think the number is maybe zero. Ooh. Ooh. That is a very low number. I, I wish that it was a little better about some, some ableist stuff. There's some sen- sensationalism over a character that you never ended up meeting. There's a there's a, a, a deaf-mute character, or a maybe just mute? The, the book is in, unclear about it in part, despite like highlighting him. All in all, I would say it's, it's very good. It looks at issues of race. It looks at a whole lot of issues of class and the ways in which like class solidarity works or doesn't work, the ways in which like nationalism and loyalty to society shifts the judge in the case um in the in the lawsuit afterwards is a real interesting thing real interesting character i like how this 
It is on Amazon. It says a new 100th anniversary edition of the only adult book on one of the otter disasters in U.S. history. It just like framing it as an adult book. (laughs) I mean, I know what they mean. (laughs) One of the things that's interesting about the Great Molasses Flood is like it's often presented as, isn't it weird that that there was a molasses flood and it tore down some buildings and um and there are a few like there's a there's a book called i survived the boston molasses flood that's like Mm. a kid's history book oh okay but yeah that's that's the the work where you know play sat down and did the did the history and tied it into a lot of the stuff that was going on at the time yeah i think that the original course of this um where we were ended up helping expose the corporate malfeasance in a, in a particular way um, would have tied in very nicely and tightly with Sam's backstory, um, mm. which involves some industrial situations gone wrong. Um, and so that, that would have been interesting as well. I don't know exactly how I would have tied those two together, but that was definitely sort of part of his, his driving interest in preventing this from happening altogether. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I actually, um, I don't know, I, I like the fact that we were able to change it, um, that it mm-hmm. turned out that way, um, and because, you know, it's, it's obviously this is fiction. We have not, in fact, changed right. history. Um, <laughs> so it's, uh, so, so, so the RP of this was, <laughs> uh, was uh, still safe for the timeline. Uh, but uh, I, I, I like the idea of not having to be precious with history when you are playing a game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, fine. yeah. Um, I I do like the idea of trying to get details in uh, when one can because that can be cool. Yeah. Um, and uh, and trying to you know, which is why a lot of times I try to you know research things, find dates and stuff. Sometimes when I'm uh, when I'm doing historical games or games set in particular historical periods. Um, but at the same time, I I think you know from the moment the game starts, it's uh, it's cool to be able to deviate from that. That's good not only for player agency, obviously, but also just as uh, as a vehicle for storytelling, um, mm. because it's uh, you, you shouldn't necessarily just treat history as scripture. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. with respect to that, especially because a lot of things about history are shitty. Uh, this is true <laughs> exactly and i can guarantee you uh pretty much 100 percent of the people you're going to be playing with are from today yes. <laughs> i think one thing i liked about the way we played a lot was the i mean you know going we somehow lived through like that terrible experience and then, you know, went into the future and in the past, but I really like how it sort of bonded our unlikely characters, you know, like, Mm -hmm. Mm. yeah, I I thought, yeah, I thought we did. That was neat. The way we kind of came up with a, a a mantra and a plan. And I liked it. I just thought it had a, I don't know. I thought it was cool. And I, I like that something that that i see happen in a lot of large like sweeping epic stories is that there has to be that thing at the end like i've only seen lord of the rings movies so like that (laughs) where like everyone is fundamentally changed by this experience that they've had and then they they change their whole lives and they walk off into the sunset in a particular way and retire or whatever um and i think that that can certainly be a thing that happens but you can also do a cool or weird or tragic event and then live with the consequences of that (laughs) in the life that you have (laughs) without it, you know, restructuring everything. Um, Like who among the three of us is not going to have nightmares, our characters, I mean, going to have nightmares about that first round through, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's horrible, right? And especially all of us have our own traumas, et cetera, in character. Um, so it's not that we are not changed, but we we didn't have to end the the story by uprooting ourselves completely. Um, so I like that. Just just some subtlety, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that was nice. I think there's there's still going to be a plaque that talks about how folks say you can still smell molasses a hundred years later, <laughs> but it's going to be instead of being about the Great Molasses Flood, it's going to be about the Great Molasses Party or something. 
<laughs> the second Boston Tea Party. Oh shit. <laughs> Boston Molasses Party. <laughs> the Great Molasses Strike. Yeah. Boston is always having some sort of trouble with their with their water stuff in it. <laughs> Maybe it's because the United States is often having trouble with their labor force. <laughs> and to be fair, their water. <laughs> <laughs> that too. Twin issues from yes. the beginning. <laughs> I know I just, I guess this was one of y'all like sent that tweet this morning because or I saw a different tweet, now I can't remember, um, about how, you know, people want to act like things are new today, and they're not. Like, <laughs> everything is recurring from history. All this stuff is old. Old yeah. stuff. Yeah, absolutely. On sort of a mechanical rosette level, something I've thought about yeah. over the years, but your, your statement that this was maybe supposed to be harder has made me wonder if there should be sort of something between a medium and a hard conflict. <laughs> if, if we should treat that. I mean, I think, I think with any, with any, yeah. yeah, with any system, I encourage people who are narrating or being GMs or so on or something to, to cheat and adjust numbers and, yeah. and add or remove boxes and so on. And I, I don't, I don't think I think this should have been harder. I think I like, I liked the arc of, of that second conflict. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just y'all managed to pick at just the right threads to be able to prevent the domino chain from uh, happening, right? Like yeah. that that ship arriving is the big is the big thing. Where once once that tank gets filled with molasses, unless you drain it all, I don't think you stop this disaster. Gotcha. gotcha. But you targeting that point is means that you you hit the the right moment to mm -hmm. to stop things from happening. That's cool. So kind of on a related note for in rosette diceless we recommend that each session you have a, a kind of cooldown thing with with a certain ritual and tradition to it we didn't do that just because we're doing recording sessions they would have gotten split up in episodes and so on but for now i think it would be cool to do um things unsaid kudos and requests for advice before we we close it out if y'all are interested Ooh, sure yeah. Does anyone have any any things unsaid that they want to share about stuff that happened during the campaign? I'll just say that I've missed regularly role playing with y'all. Like yeah. I don't know, maybe that is maybe yeah. recording, but like <laughs> uh, it's been a while. Twenty twenty, we did not role play for from March until August, and really later. Um, mm -hmm. And I just missed it. Like y'all are great, and it's fun to riff with y'all and. You know, um, have all of our different skill sets and interests together. So that's all. Is it cool if I include that in the recording? Sure, feel free. Cool. I think I said a lot of the things out loud during the campaign, but I I do like really like being able to role play with people who I feel a lot of trust with. So mm. that mm -hmm. is. Um, that's really nice. Yeah. 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 No, I, I miss you folks mightily. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'm always happy whenever I get to, uh, to, to, to pop in and game with you. <laughs> My schedule gets crazy and I've had medical stuff. And so that's been preventing me from doing all manner of things, but uh, it's, uh, it's nice. It's nice. And I also just enjoyed the experience of this um, for a few different reasons. Um, it's uh among other things, it's actually making me kind of want to do more um, actual play podcasting at some point. Mm. Uh, maybe at some okay. point. Um, <laughs> uh, assuming, you know, there is some, you know, the, 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 the scheduled deities permit that. Mm -hmm. You never know. You never know. And I, especially I've also got other uh, other friends and acquaintances that are doing that more lately. And so it seems like it feels like a thing that's picking back up again. Uh, there was quite a lull in it for me personally. Anyway, I don't, I you know, uh, plenty of things I'm sure happened that I wasn't aware of. Um, apparently, the planet continues spinning without my looking at it. I didn't know that. Uh, but uh, no, apparently. But uh, so, so I'm quite sure there are a lot of RPG podcasts still, you know, that actual play podcasts continuing out there. But there were only a few that I was still 
cognizant of still going um, that I had, you know, uh, been familiar with from the get-go. Um, and but just it feels like it's getting back into the circles of people that um, um, that I hang out with and interact with as well again. And so it's, it's kind of making me feel like, yeah, maybe I should give that another try sometime. Um, and uh, also, the, just it, it was nice doing this to get in some uh, refresher for Rosette Diceless so that I can then take that to games that I want to run using it. Um, and uh, sort of helps remind me of how all of that works <laughs> um, and uh, you know get, get me to eventually stop confusing uh, <laughs> bold attacks with uh, things that can block edges um, and, um, look you've played four whatever. versions of this system <laughs> oh, maybe, okay, I that's don't fair. blame you for, <laughs> for having any one of those versions being the labeling stuck in your head neat and also i liked the new uh the newer uh traits that uh that we got to use in this and uh i i liked how everything came out i just uh, enjoyed this experience quite a bit so thank you very much for bringing it to us sure anyone have additional specific kudos for for things they thought other folks did well a kudos to jim for that final scene in the first loop yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Which I'm almost tempted not to say because it's going to make me tear up. <laughs> but it was, it was really, really good. So kudos. Thank you so much. Um, my uh, And I, I know I got the lyrics wrong, but, um, <laughs> but uh, that was kind of how my, how my mom no, no, taught no. me. Lorenzo got there. Lorenzo got there. No, no, it, was, it wasn't me. Yes, that was totally in character. No, when, uh, brief, brief fourth wall thing. Uh, my, uh, my mother taught me that uh, when I was very little. Um, and I was, uh, as we were getting close to the end for that scene, I was, uh, just Googling around to see, okay, what are songs from that era? Mm. And I saw that Moonlight Bay was uh, one of those. And I was like, okay, I gotta do it. I gotta do it. Yeah. yeah. And it was, uh, it was nice. It was nice. So I, I appreciate that. Um, I also just want to give kudos just in general. <laughs> I want to give kudos all around, but, uh, <laughs> it, it's, I, uh. I really loved uh, just the nuance that I got to see with Sam. Oh, it was just you're doing so many things on on you know with the subtle layers to it. Oh, thank you. And it was yeah. just it was just great. It really was. Oh. Um, and I I I, I mean I, I I adored the the the, uh, the the perspicacity that Lucy brought to with the uh, to harmony. <laughs> It was the, I like there the was, word perspicacity. I like that word too. I wish I knew what it meant. It sounded good. But no. um, but, um, I figured why not use that word? It seems like it's a it's it's a good word. Um, but uh, I I just I, I really liked just the uh, it was one of those things where it was there there was just enough of an offset that we could have a disagreement but still work together, and then ultimately <laughs> that as we had said earlier that brought all the characters still brought the characters closer and that was very cool. I think we were clever to make our tie the way we did. I think that was yes. clever of us. What, what was your tie? <laughs> what was the description on your tie? Oh, yeah. I wrote down brother knowing with Lorenzo. <laughs> <laughs> I just wrote down community. I couldn't figure out a way to describe it. Uh, but, um... <laughs> nice. uh, I house. I house Sal. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I want to give a kudos to Talissa because I really like that we never really, I don't think, got a handle on what Sam's deal is, what Sam's queerness is. Like, we're not entitled to exactly what Sam's internal situation is. And that's cool. Yeah. Like, we got strong hints yeah. all along. But. I'm never sure when role-playing how much to put that stuff out because it's like, this is a you know, a slice of life in a very weird way that, I don't know, you don't get to show everything, but also it's like, but I made it! I put it there! Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, thank you. So do we have any, anyone want to ask, or anyone want to specifically invite advice about something before we wrap up? So, I was super duper nervous, and I know this will resonate with 
at least one of you, uh, about portraying a character like this in a recorded format where I cannot go back and rever- and erase my words exactly. And, you know, like I spent, uh, I spent an evening and this is, this is just a life thing that I just do and don't, I'm working on as a <laughs> mental health skill, like, rem- like thinking about how I described the outfit change in our last recording session mm-hmm. and whether I had made it seem too superficial or too fake or something. And then I was like, I have to let that go. But like this whole podcast recording business is very stressful because these words are going to go into the ether. So do y'all have any? <laughs> and I guess with with that, I'll say inviting advice here is inviting advice from us, <laughs> the other three people oh, in this thing. Yes. This is not yes. saying people please add us. No, this is yeah. we're not inviting I mean, advice in general. But not, not, not specifically. Even if anyone wants to chat about it on Mastodon. <laughs> Not on Twitter. <laughs> you can come find me. Um, I'm interested in talking about these things. But um, do y'all have recommendations as as folks who record things or teach classes where you also you really can't take the words back um, on this sort of thing? I haven't. I've not gotten really much pushback when I've said controversial things. I don't know. I don't know that I've said anything too awful on recording. Hopefully, if I have folks take me as i am now i mean i i think that the the podcasts and recordings like this aren't ephemeral but they are like i think they're they're more clearly in a context of of this ongoing thing they can certainly be clipped but like i think most people who are listening hear this as part of a process yeah right so like is especially since they can hear what came before and how you came into that mm-hmm. it's it's very easy to be like oh they missed a word that you know they forgot to say a word or they said the wrong word and it's easier to be to give someone the benefit of the doubt in my experience in this mm-hmm. sort of format okay and that helps you relax and be less stressed <laughs> yeah yeah just kind of be like well they heard me go oh, mm, mm, uh this maybe Okay. I'm not sure if that's exactly right. You know, like yeah. making that <laughs> making that sort of ambivalence clearer, I think mm-hmm. can help. Okay. Yeah. I'll say at least for my part that uh, in um, in things where I would record stuff that I, I knew I would be going back and editing later, mm-hmm. um, it was less of a concern because, ah. of course, then I'm like kept thinking, oh, I can edit that out. But of course, that led to editing hell, right? Because um, <laughs> I would just a spiraling longer and longer editing hell is why I still to this day have podcasts from like almost a decade ago that I still haven't finished editing. Um, I wish that were hyperbole. Uh, but uh, the the uh, the thing, especially with podcasts where someone else is recording them, mm-hmm. um, or if I'm on a stream, um, which, you know, that's immediate. People are yeah. going to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, I, I do worry about that kind of stuff. Um but I try to remind myself a few things. I try to put it out of my head mm-hmm. um, somewhat in yeah. that it's like, you know, just th- there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's out there. Uh, there's, it's just, done. <laughs> but the best I think I can try to do is to be as authentic as I can um, and to try to make sure that that is expressed. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all I can really uh, that's all I can really do. Okay. Cool. Well, thank you. Anything else? Whether it's advice or final questions. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Um do y'all want to do we want to go around and have a have a final introducing yourselves and saying where to find you? This is the most stressful part of the whole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Jim, I think you you've you've probably got this down the but the best. So why don't you set an example for us? Okay, I'm here to try. Um, <laughs> um, I'm Jim Ryan. Um, I am Other Doc. That is O T H E R D O C on both Twitch and Twitter. My website is Jim. Yes, that Jim dot com. There hasn't been a lot posted there 
recently, uh, but I do put game signups there for uh, times when I, I am doing signups for games from on, that are on my Twitch channel. Um, you can find most of what I'm doing right now on my Twitch channel, which is at twitch.tv slash otherdoc, uh, where I do... Right now, uh, we, we've got a couple of things going, um, but I'm not going to dig in because this must be fairly evergreen, I feel. So I'll just say <laughs> that uh, we've done short campaigns, we've done longer campaigns um, of various systems, a lot of it uh, indie stuff. Um, always appreciate it if folks want to check it out. Uh, also on YouTube, uh, which I think if you just do a search for Other Doc, or if you do a search for uh, like YouTube slash Other Doc, or if you do um, Jim Ryan and RPG, you'll you'll find it. It won't take too long. <laughs> um, all manner of things, and uh, I was uh, very happy to be here. Thank you very much. Thank you, Lucy. Hi, I'm Lucy. Uh, you can find me at. Lucy reads every numeral one uh, on Twitter, and you can also check out my blog. Uh, it's a good follow because I don't blog very often, um, <laughs> but I think it's good when I do. And that said, intertextualities.wordpress.com. Uh, and I'm a writer and a teacher and a philosopher. Excellent, Melissa. Do you want to do the future proof plug, or should I do it after yours? Uh, I'll do it. it was, well, we'll see whose comes out better. <laughs> More coherent. I don't know why this is the hardest part. Uh, scratch my advice question from before and change it to how do I say my name? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so I am Melissa Avery Weir. I'm a co-founder of Future Proof Games. You can find all of our stuff. It's Greg and my work at futureproofgames.com. That includes the system we played today, um, Rosette Diceless. You can also find um, another sizable project I work on called Granny Square Colors. If you're a crocheter who likes to make blankets, this helps you generate random pattern designs from your sort of yarn stash. And that's over at grannysquarecolors.com. And you can find me on Mastodon at urson.life. That is I-R-R-S-I-N-N dot life. Excellent. This has been Tabletop Garden, The Great Molasses Flood. The system we used was Rosette Diceless, made by Melissa and myself, as you just heard. You can check that out at rosetterpg.com. And this is being recorded in February, where we're still working on it, but... I'm pretty sure that by the time this episode goes out, you will be able to get the Rosette Diceless Companion, which is a supplement book containing some of the new rules we used here, some play advice, that's a collection of writings we put on our website, and then also original material that's just in the book that you can check that out and uh, enhance your play experience. Thanks for listening. Rosette Diceless was created by Future Proof Games and can be found at rosetterpg.com. Our theme song is Great Molasses Disaster by Robin Egner and Parlor Game, available under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 license. You can find more on Tabletop Garden at tabletop.garden, and you can support my work and get episodes early at patreon.com slash Gregory Avery Weir.